Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. gather around the cauldron, which, as we know, is a bowl that you cook <laughs> potions in. Yes. We gather around, and as we gather to talk about uh, what the goings-on in the witch community, we jump upon our jetpacks and blast oh, ourselves no. into the air. Oh, and on. Listen, okay, look, I get the idea that you don't quite understand what a broom is, okay. but if you jumped on a jetpack, you'd burn your nuts. You just you'd burn the, you, you wear a jetpack on your back. If you sat on it, the engine would be too hot in the crotch area. Yeah, you could wear a jetpack around any part of your body. It's like a belt. No, that... Wait, hold on a second. What do you think a belt is? How do you think a belt works? A belt is something you put on your head when you go to town. Oh, or to oh see boy, an opera. that's a hat. This is too much. You are, you are too much, but you know what is just enough is our chilling podcast of Sabrina. It is a recap podcast for Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. We're going to be talking about part two... Alex, I like how show. you just slipped out of character very slowly. <laughs> and I mean, acting is a, obviously a, a huge a passion. Uh, it's a passion. Yes. Uh, and yeah. it's something that was gonna, is going to really come into our conversation here tonight um, as we dip into this podcast. And as a classically trained actor, I just want to put myself out there as an expert. Uh, yeah, I'm actually I'm very excited two. to talk. Season what? Two. Season two, chapter 13. No, it is not season two. It's part two, episode 13, The Passion of Sabrina Spellman is what we're going to be recapping and chatting about today. Justin, very excited to have you guesting on today's podcast <laughs> so you can bring your stage experience to really talk about this and really delve into that. Very exciting. It is a delight to be here. <laughs> and Pete, thank you also for being here. I also appreciate that as well. Hey, yeah, thanks so one for question. you being here as well. This, oh, uh, the, my co-guest, uh, Pete LePage, what is his expertise as a, obviously uh, this episode is about theater, so that's why I'm here. Pete, what mm -hmm. is your mm -hmm. expertise that you're covering here today? Uh, I minored in the theater, you asshole. Oh, well, I, I'll just throw out there. There is a scene later on where a milkshake falls on the floor, and I think Pete might have a thing to say about that. Ah, yes, and uh, physics, a man of milkshake physics. <laughs> this guy has spilled right. a drink in his day. So uh, let's 
give a recap for those of you who haven't checked out the episode, haven't had a chance to binge it on Netflix yet. Sabrina Spellman is fully, or at least we thought, a thrall of the Dark Lord, Satan Lucifer himself. She signed his book at the end of part one and uh, devoted herself, promised to devote herself to the dark life. Uh, As part of that, she is spending a lot more time at the Gehenna School, which is for witches, Uh, and to study witchcraft there. There's a couple of different students that she's been interacting with, mainly the weird sisters. There are Prudence, Dorcas, and Agatha, and also a bad boy alert going off. Nick Scratch himself. Uh, Yes. Yes. It's so happy to see him having a prominent role in today's episode. Yeah. Now, Nick Scratch has already been making some big moves. He has not been shy about it. The last episode, he was straight up called Sabrina cute to her face in front of everybody. Oh, and that's a bad he, boy move. You, you're oh. throwing around the word cute. You a bad boy. You a bad boy. Yeah. Specifically, if you're like, oh, you're my squishy mishy muffin, that's like hardcore bad boy. Also exactly. in this, he's acting in a play. Bad boy You guys alert. are still calling bad him a bad alert. boy. He there's is not nothing a bad more. Boy there's nothing more bad boy than uh, pursuing your theatrical interests. Yeah, if I do as say we, so myself. As we know from Reggie from the Riverdale musical episode, where he uh, quipped that he and Archie were just two straight single dudes doing theater, it's a pretty bad boy thing to do. Don't you dare equate Reggie with Nick Scratch. Nick Scratch <laughs> is a pure <laughs> bad boy. Reggie's a pretender. He no, is a Nick uh, Scratch is not a bad boy. Pete, what? Do you not know what a bad boy is? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm the only one I think who knows what a bad boy is. A here. bad boy wears a fitted leather jacket, and he does theater, and he's very nice. That's a bad boy. <laughs> you, you are starting to describe him. You start to describe a bad boy, and then it takes a sharp turn into the friend zone. Yeah, he drops compliments all the time. He's he polite. takes care of you. He's supportive. Yeah. Serious bad boy vibes going on this episode. Uh, the other stuff you should know about the school, the head of the school is Father Blackwood. He is a hardcore misogynist. Uh, there's also <laughs> Aunt Zelda is working there. She had a romantic fling that she essentially cut off with him as of the last episode. Now they are, it's not exactly platonic, but certainly she's throwing her weight around a little bit at the school. Yeah, Serena has is. another witch aunt, Aunt Hilda, who is the nice witch aunt. Uh, The other person who lives in the house with her is her cousin Ambrose. They really got into it the last episode, but that's actually seemingly not that important this episode. Yeah, it doesn't matter at all, apparently. Right back to normal. Uh, The other folks you should know about are the humans that Sabrina is friends with over at Baxter High. That includes her friend, Theo, who yeah. formerly was Susie. Uh, Susie, I don't even know what's going through a transition. Uh, the actor is actually non-binary, and I assume the way that they're playing it is that the character is non-binary as well. Uh, so he made a big decision to uh, put himself out there and say, I am Theo now. And everybody was very accepting in terms of her friends, including Harvey Kingle, the ex-boyfriend of Sabrina, who was a little turned off when she finally revealed to everybody that she was a witch. Yeah. Last friend is Roz, who has has a sight she can see the future called the cunning, the cunning. Yeah. The cunning. and I knew you were going to things... say that because I have a little bit of the cunning. Oh shit! Oh, that's, you that's do not. Crazy. I have just a little bit. Yeah, I gotta say, I actually predicted that Pete was going to say you didn't have it. Oh, nice. Okay, <laughs> I believe you. I, yeah, I'm pretty, cunning. Nice. I I knew you were going to think that too. 
Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So Roz had a vision of herself kissing Harvey in the hallway, yeah. which was pretty surprising to her. Uh, they weren't exactly Looks like on a Harvey's date. the bad boy now. Ooh. Now, Pete, you don't no, know what a bad a boy, boy is. You don't know what a bad boy is. Yeah. Harvey's not a bad boy because he wears a jean jacket and he uh, doesn't <laughs> act in plays and he's like only nice sometimes. Right. <laughs> Except for this episode where he acts like in a play. a bad boy to me, bro. He, he does act in a play this, this episode. He does some, it's not in a play. He's in a scene study, which oh, I think okay. that's the line between good boy and bad boy is scene study versus play. Fight me yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, are you are you bad enough to take this uh, to the stage? Exactly, I mean, like, that's what on. I'm talking about. Yeah. So the other person that you probably know, need to know about is the principal of the school is Mrs. Principal Wardwell, but she has many other names, including the uh, Madam Lilith. Satan. She is the bride of Lucifer, and we find out a lot more about her. She gets a liberally name drop as Lilith this episode, yeah. which is the original bride of Satan after he fell to Earth. And that's pretty much all you need to know going into it. That's a lot. This podcast is yeah. basically over. <laughs> we, <laughs> that's how we're out of time. Is. Thank you guys so much for listening. What do you want to walk us through this one, Justin? Yeah, let's get or, into it. Okay. And we could just hit on some stuff, talk about some stuff, talk about Nick, you know, the things. Uh, so, <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! Actually, there was one other thing I wanted to mention. This isn't necessarily important plot-wise, but something that was introduced last episode that was a new setting uh, was uh, Dorian's Club, which is the actual Dorian Gray from Portrait of Dorian uh, Gray. Yes. Uh, he has a very strict rule of it being a gentleman's club that never gets broken at all. Okay, let's go into the yes. <laughs> no girls allowed except for any girl that walks in the door. Yep. <laughs> uh, so we start off the episode right where we left off. Madam Satan chilling with the devil. Yeah, and, I was very happy about that. And they strike. Wait, why a, were you happy about that, Pete? You hate the devil. No, but I'm happy that they picked up right where they left off last oh, episode. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You don't like they when there's pretty... time between the end and the beginning because then well, you're like, not what, when it's what a big going cliffhanger. On? Not when it's a big cliffhanger and then we have to work back to the moment again. It fucking drives me insane. Okay. All, All right. right. Great. Uh, so they, uh, Madam uh, Satan, Miss Wardwell, and the devil, they strike a wager about Sabrina because uh, Miss Wardwell loves a good wager. Yeah, no, it's like a, a classic, like two millionaires sitting around wagering on what people are doing. I think the devil now, has a problem. What kind of problem? Now, let me ask you guys about this Gambling about the problem. devil because we've seen. This version of Lucifer before, mostly just some hooves or shadows or emerging from a tree or something like that. But this is the first episode where he's a legitimate character. Yeah, so we get to see him walking around in his good face glory. We hear him breathing and talking like this. Stop that. What did you think of the character? Did you feel like it lived up to your expectations? Is it something you want to see more of? Uh, Do you... It's the Dark Lord, so obviously there's a lot of weight that goes behind that. How do you think it paid off? Honestly, he seems a little thirsty. He seems yeah. a little needy. It's like he was. Yeah, he was a little he, cooler when he was like in the background, like sort of like, "Hey, sign my book, whatever, whatever, do what you want." <laughs> now he's like, "Hey, um, would you mind getting me a pack of gum?" And yeah, all this, he was. Which I'm like, was, dude, get a life. <laughs> get your own pack of gum, bro. Yeah. There's gum literally everywhere. He, he definitely you, feels like he's too involved. He should be dealing with other bad shit. And instead he's like, let me see if this girl is nice or not. Uh, I, 
I always I, wonder with beings like this, like, is he everywhere at the same time? Is that the implication? Or is he literally just hanging out in Greendale being like, get me some gum? And that's the only thing he's doing. I don't know. It seems days. like he uh, loves gum and loves to hand out chicken pox. And that's about the extent of his power. Exactly. I mean, same, not, bro. That's not same. badass. Uh, he, he used to be a little cooler. He used to be a little busy. And now he's just, he's honestly sitting in the back of so many of these shots in this episode. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think visually, though, it. I didn't mind it. Like, I was glad they did not go the human route, frankly. I think that's something they could have done for budgetary reasons. Have it be like, uh, this is my human form is what I look like. Yeah. Having him be a weird goat beast that is showing up and just sitting in the back of a diner. I enjoyed that. I it, thought that was fun. It would be cool if he came back as Bronson Pinchot. Just a thought. Ooh. Yeah. What is Balky Bartokovas doing these days anymore Aww. after the first part? On, Pete, I, mean, I assume you know what he's up to. I, I, you know, I don't, but I'm sure whatever it is, he's going to be fantastic in it. Balky, Balky for life. It, it's like you don't even know it anymore. It's like he's a uh, perfect stranger. Great. <laughs> it's great stuff. Uh, so uh, de- the devil uh, are, and Miss Wardwell I'll make a wager about whether or not Sabrina is good or evil. Miss Wardwell says that she is inherently good. Um, and will never fully turn uh, to uh, to be the devil's bride, uh, to be the devil's avatar on Earth. And uh, that's a selfish thing because that's her job right now. So it's like sort of train. she's training her replacement. And the devil's like, yo, she's evil. I know it. I'll prove it to you. And then they're off. Yep. Yeah. And I got to say, I'm sure we'll get to more of this later in the episode, but I really liked emotionally what they did with Mrs. Warkwell in this episode. I thought there was a great arc for her. We've certainly talked a lot about on the podcast. What is her mission? What is she trying to do? What is she trying to achieve? And ultimately seeing her backstory in a very interesting, different way. I like that a lot. Yeah, I I really thought they did a great job using her, especially when she popped up when Sabrina was about to do something wrong. She'd be like, no, no, yeah. Sabrina. <laughs> Don't take that gum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. She, if this season, she, or this part, part two as opposed to part one, she definitely feels like she has less of a plan and is just trying to keep her head above water and keep herself as in the, the hot seat with the devil. So I, that's a more fun place for her to play. She's a little like just less on top of things, which is fun. Yeah, it definitely, from the comic book perspective, there were, what was it, seven issues that were released, something like that. And they got, there's certainly events that we have not seen from the comic book so far, but those were heading to a very specific climax with Madam Satan. My feeling on it right now, and this is only two episodes into part two, but it feels like... Season two. Part two. It literally <laughs> says part two on the episodes on Netflix. Second season. Oh my God, it's not. It's still the first season. The first part to me felt like, okay, we're adapting the comic books and then we're expanding beyond it. And the second part so far feels to be like figuring out how do we make this into an ongoing show. Right. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's a good, uh, good observation, a good move for them. Like they are... This whole series is about, is Sabrina a human or a witch? And they've done a good job of saying, no, she's a witch. And then slowly starting to now pull her back toward being a human. And that's, that's cool. I like that. 
But it's yeah. also super frustrating because they spent the whole first season having her be part, like, I would never. You always divide things up into parts, and it drives me crazy. I do not. I don't produce the show. I didn't divide it up into parts. Seems I'm like sorry that gets upsetting for you, Pete, but Seems it literally like was a first part and a second part. Okay, so for the beginning, Sabrina was somebody who was good and didn't want to give over to evil. And now it's like she's, you know, sometimes evil, sometimes not, sometimes good, sometimes like, I don't know, maybe. And it's, uh, it's just a little frustrating because before she was like the beacon of, of what was right and then kind of did things uh, from that spot. And then it was, it was fun to watch her be powerful. But now it's like, I don't know who this character is and should I be rooting for her to be more witchy? Should I be rooting for her to, you know, be with the humans? Even though every time she does that, she fucks up. I think you should be rooting for her to figure herself out. I think that's what it is. Like any teen, Pete. Yeah. Root for the teens. Okay. I mean, don't specifically root for teens because like you're an old dude and that would be creepy, but not like me. I root for the teens all the time. Yeah. Uh, Alex, you still think you're a teenager based on your taste in ed- everything? Yeah. Your, yeah, man. Your favorite food is Oreos, man. <laughs> I love Oreos. I love K-pop. And I love being on TikTok. Is that right? Oh, man. Uh, you nailed every single one of those teen things. I'm so glad you Googled that and had the answer at hand. Yes. I'm shook right now. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Sabrina, um, after, uh, the devil's like, Hey, steal this pack of gum for me. Weird request. Obviously devil start small, work your way up. Um, she talks to the fam, uh, doesn't Wait, say, we, can we just for one second talk about how it happens? Yeah. The devil comes in at three o'clock in the morning, comes to her bed and says, are you devoted to me? And she's like, I guess. And he's like, then you need to give me what you want, what I want. And she's like, okay. He's like, I want a pack of gum. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. I love that moment because, like, clearly there was the sexual menace going on there. That's what Sabrina thought was going to happen. That's what we thought was going to happen. And ultimately it pads out in a much bigger way, and they have a conversation about why it's a pack of gum. But I thought that was such a funny moment. And I think, again, we talked about this with the previous episode, but I think once we got past that initial decision point, Sabrina... It's much funnier, like it's much lighter yeah. as a show right now. So they can have moments like the devil asking her for a pack of gum at three o'clock in the morning, or which I'm sure we're going to get to in a moment. But uh, there's a scene where uh, Roz and Harvey in the hallway and they're talking and uh, Harvey's like, hey, what's going on? And they just have a very quick flash to her picturing them making out of the hallway with music blasting. Oh, yeah, that was great. Again. Very funny. Very like, funny. I like that they're working in those moments that didn't exist in the same way in the first half of the season. Yeah. But, I mean, when you sign the devil's book, you got to expect him to show up at all hours. Yeah. Demanding literally anything. Anything. And when you sign anybody's book, expect to be visited late at night. It, it seemed yeah. like the devil had one of those weird, uh, like, you know, scavenger hunt things where he's like, I just need a pack of gum and then I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. It's him versus God of, in the ultimate scavenger hunt. Yeah. Get me a pack of gum, a hubcap from a Cadillac, 
uh, and three uh, blades of grass from the center of the field. And the rival school's mascot. Oh, boy. We got ourselves a romp. Uh, So she talks to the fam about it. They say, do what the devil says, because we're sort of on his team. Uh, so yeah. she heads down to the store, and she's about to take the pack of gum, and whoops, who's there? Miss Wardwell just throwing uh, a wrench into the devil's wager. Well, I would like to point out, though, I was a little upset that she went to a mom-and-pop place to rob the. I was hoping she would go a little bit more corporate, rob somebody that's a little bigger, that doesn't need that pack of gum. But don't you, think, mind. don't you think the devil's sort of, like, already in on the corporate stuff? Like oh, he, that's a good point. The yeah, devil but, runs Target. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the other issues is that they haven't built other sets for the show. So they really only had one option to go to in terms of a store. Uh, but also it's owned by Gata, you know, from Battlestar Galactica. And he totally fucked up on Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. So I feel like Rob Cerebus books as much as you want. No, so that doesn't it. make any sense because you're, you're connecting two things that aren't connected. No, it's uh, the same I mean, character. All this has happened before, and all of it is going to happen again, Pete. He's a Cylon. Whoa. It's all true. Uh, So she decides not to steal the pack of gum. She's a little confused. Uh, Then we jump over to the school And it's mainly because Miss Wardwell was like, yo, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Because she was going to steal it, and then Miss Wardwell was like, nah. And it is weird that neither of them point out that the gum is called ghoulish fruit, which is kind of a ridiculous name for gum. Yeah. Ghoulish fruit is gonna move ya. That's strong. Gets right to ya. Ghoulish fruit. The taste, the taste, the taste is gonna be evil. Uh, so you were saying that we get to the next point. Thank you for not commenting. Uh, yeah. The uh, yeah, we jump to the school. They are rehearsing the Passion of Lucifer Morningstar. Uh, oh, their classic. Um, the desecrated take on the Passion of the Christ. Um, I'm assuming there's a. Um, Satan Christ Superstar production that's uh, coming down. Oh yeah, God, I hope so. Yeah, Uh, God, get it. Uh, But that this is also we should point out this is written by Father Blackwood, which is kind of an uncharacteristic move for him. Yeah, as Anselda points out, for him to take a sacred text and change it to add his own words to it. Why do you think he did that? Well, the way it plays, it seems like he's trying to change the history to make it more misogynistic, yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. sort of crazy because most of history is written from a male point of view to be like, nah, let's make it a little more male is, uh, is pretty crazy. I think it's yeah. one of those things where he's uh, uncomfortable with how power- powerful the women are, so he's trying to do something to stamp that down in his mind if he makes the play the way he wants it. Maybe that will help. I don't know, man. It was weird. They fought real hard to make it make sense in the show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they do the play. And it, of course, as we all know, Dorcas, best actress in the school. She ends up getting the lead of Lilith in the show along with Nick Scratch. And uh, then uh, Satan shows up and is like, hey, kill her and take her part. Uh, There was a brief moment when I thought they really were going to kill Dorcas or at least drop that weight on her. Yeah, I thought it happened. And I'll tell you what, I'm down with it because, you know, in in the theater world, you have to take every chance you get to make your to make your mark. So, I, yeah, if you're going to drop a sandbag on poor Dorcas, who's you know, she's out there. She's trying to make her make herself real. But 
Sabrina should have done what she needed to do. I thought we it was do a live show every Tuesday night at the Pit Loft in New York, uh, and Justin consistently for the past thirteen years has tried to kill us every week. The Isn't fact that, right, that those none of those sandbags have really landed on you guys is shocking. Yeah. Uh, also, I liked the. <laughs> you should have just stolen the pack of gum. You know what I mean? Because now you've got to kill somebody. So I thought that was kind of cool that they were playing with the, oh, you don't want a pack of gum? Now it's going to be harder. Now it's going to be harder. So I, I liked the way it kept upping. I thought that was kind of a cool aspect. Yeah. And let me also say, as a classically trained actor, it was great to observe the performances here because Nick Scratch, uh, you can tell he's such a great actor because he is a bad boy, but he fully comes across as a good boy in the show. <laughs> he disappears into the role of Lucifer and it's just stunning. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed the stage production. I mean, I know we're going to talk about it later, but it's ludicrous. The whole thing is absolutely ludicrous. There's a scene, I think it was right after this, when Dorcas almost gets killed, where, uh, or maybe it was the next rehearsal scene, where Nick Scratch perfectly does Latin and seems to be maybe trying to seduce Aunt Zelda a little bit with Latin. Yeah, did you get that? I did get that. And Zelda's like there for it a little bit in a way mm-hmm. where I was like, wait, what? Yeah, up until she starts burping up a frog, which gets into her main plot line, this is only very casually established at the beginning when there's another teacher who normally directed the play. Uh, she is super upset about Father Blackwood's changes, also seems to be pretty upset about how in Aunt Zelda is with Father Blackwood, and ultimately ends up cursing her. She burps up a frog, uh, and then Zelda, working with Hilda, ends up taking revenge by building her own voodoo doll and putting an earworm in it, which was pretty gross. Yeah. It was also the way she was singing that song was super fucking creepy. Yeah. But that uh, that other lady almost... Sorry, that was the worms go in, the worms oh, come stop out. out. Stop. The worms go stop. in. Stop. The worms come out, Pete. Like that. And isn't the next line of that song, the wor- worms play pinochle on your snout? Is it? I yeah. thought it was because it was that is weird. That that is that is one of the lines. I mean, it's listen, whatever they want to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're worms. Let them be worms. Worms like let to play, play games. But my point was, I'll that look up the lyrics while we're. Uh, the, the my point was the the other lady tried to kill uh, Auntie Z, so like she had every right to you know fire back. Yeah. When you come for the king, you best not miss. And that yeah, lady exactly. missed, and she paid a price. She almost also died. Yeah, I mean, she almost threw herself off the balcony, which, you know, I mean, if she landed head first, probably could have done some real damage, but it didn't look yeah. crazy high. Um, so let's uh, keep going with, uh, so Nick wants to run lines with Sabrina, who is understudying the Lilith role, and Sabrina's there for it um, a little bit, uh, but she still has flashes of Harvey. Yeah. Um, which should be telling her that... She's not extra- attracted to Nick Scratch at all, and she needs to go pursue Harvey. She's definitely attracted to Har- to Nick. There's nope. no doubt about that. Nope. Yes. I think that's pretty clearly shown this episode alone. But I do think... Oh, I'm sorry. If you're attracted to someone, why are you thinking about somebody else when they're getting close to you? Huh? Huh? That's not, that's not how that works. I mean, yes, it is sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is, Pete. <laughs> 
So, sorry, Pete. <laughs> it just is sometimes. Uh, but I, I do think... I do think ultimately, like, uh, Harvey and Sabrina are endgame. I mean, that's where the show is going to end up, of course. Not interesting. Because, <laughs> uh, well, Harvey, maybe he'll get a little bit of uh, the old bad boy in him. What do you mean? I mean, what you, not maybe, possible. He's going to get a little bad he, boy? I mean, I think uh, Harvey and Nick are going to, he's going to get a little bad, a little boy, bad boy in him, him, if you know what I mean. That's more likely. Yeah. That makes more sense to me. Yeah. Uh, Nick Kinkle. Yeah, Nikinkle. Nikinkle, that's what I ship. Knickle. Uh No, I do think Harvey and Sabrina are going to end up together, but I, I think right now she's on the outs with Harvey. She's going through a hard time, and Nick is what she needs. She needs a little bit of that old bad boy. Needs a little no, Nick. she doesn't. Yes, no. she does. Well, yes, it's happening. It's let's all follow, happening. Let's follow all of that uh, drama out for a little bit. So, um, meanwhile, uh, back at Baxter High, where she uh, she talks, Sabrina talks to Hilda about what's go- going on, and Hilda's like, you know what? Maybe she should check in at Baxter High, see what the human people are doing. Uh, you seem to be a little bit happier back when you were going to Baxter High. She shows up right in the middle of the Roz Harvey budding relationship. Um, they have been assigned to be scene partners in the uh, in a Shakespeare class uh, or theater class, I guess, uh, doing a little Romeo and Juliet. So, uh, yeah, I think actually uh, it was on the board, but they're in TV slash movie class. Like there was no no uh, other delineation. It's just whatever class is happening that's appropriate to what's going on on a TV show or movie. uh, You get a metaphor handed to you in play form. (laughs) And that's my that was always my favorite class in high school is living a metaphor. Yes. Uh, so Sabrina shows up and is like, yo, I don't like this. She gets partnered up with Billy, who uh, sucks. Yeah. Uh, both at acting and at being a person. Uh, right. Which we find out very specifically because Bully, Bully, oh, Billy good. is a bully. What a slip of the tongue, Alex. Oh, sorry, Billy. Uh, Billy is being a bully to Theo. Theo is trying to go into the boys' locker room. Because uh, she, she rightfully joined the boys' basketball team with a little help from Sabrina's uh, spell. Right, which I'm surprised she's still on the team because if Sabrina's he. not there helping her. He. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, 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 that's fine. Um, I mean, there's even a little bit of confusion this episode. Like, they mess it up, and Theo says, that's fine, don't worry about it, it's going to take a while to get used to. But the deal is that Theo goes into the boys' locker room, and Billy the bully and everybody else sit around and go, well, come on, we're waiting for you to take off your shirt. Go for it, go for it, go for it. Really awful stuff. Uh, She ends up, see, now I did. Uh, He ends up getting a spell from Sabrina, and Sabrina gives him these laces, says you pull on the laces and he'll end up tripping and falling. Uh, and after Billy puts a bunch of tampons and maxi pads and other things inside of Theo's locker, Theo gets super bad and pulls the laces just as Billy is walking down the stairs. He falls down the stairs and just blood starts pumping out of his leg. Just a, com- just like- a compound fracture of his uh of his uh, tibia, I think, and just, like, blasting out of his leg. It was horrifying. <laughs> that whole, yes. The whole back and forth, like, it was so stressful, the scene with uh, Theo in the locker room with Billy bullying uh, him, and then this scene, I was like, oh, my God. It was a, it was, it was a great sequence. It was just a lot. It, uh, it was also very interesting the way Sabrina was, like, sidestepping 
so that she could see Theo. Yeah, that was a right. well so, shot. So this ties yeah, back really well to shot. the whole temptation of Sabrina thing that is going on. Uh, jumping back to the whole Sabrina of it all, she starts to notice as she rejects Satan. Shockingly, Satan not all there for that and yeah. ends up punishing her in different ways. One of the first ways is there's huge scratch marks on her back. Yeah, which they describe as Satan's hold on her soul. Miss Wardwell reveals that to her, and Miss Wardwell gives her the advice, oh, just be really, really good, yeah. and they'll go away. This- which seemed like, I mean, even on the surface, even for Sabrina, kind of dubbed to take that advice. Yeah, it's obviously wrong. Yes. The devil wants yeah. you to be bad. That's right. literally the whole thing. Well, yeah. I mean... Also, nobody say anything about like neosporin or say antiseptic. You got an open wound. You yeah, know? it I could mean, just be on. a patch of eczema that you should be treated yeah. with uh, a bunch of different things. Yeah. What uh, What do you guys do for your devil marks? Uh, I just keep them going. I try to just like push it, get do be bad, be a bad boy, like wear a fitted leather jacket, be nice. Mm-hmm. I do all my regular stuff. I just steal as much gum as I possibly can just all the time. Like my room, uh, you guys were looking at each other on camera right now. You guys can see my room is just like 90% gum. All gum. Oh, wow. Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, my theory, that, that could be Wolverine. Wolverine marks. Uh, I Ooh. find if Crossover. I get the uh, blood of a monk and then, uh, you know, kind of pour it down my back, it gets rid of it really well. Pete, you're running out of monks. <laughs> Your monks no, man, he, he's, he's got one tied up on his wall He feeds him a little bit Just a little bit, a little bit uh, of gum or I, whatever I thought that was your roommate That's a monk you have kidnapped? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is Oh, cool Well, tell him I said That's what's up cool. All right. So she's got these scratch Yo, marks Justin on her back Justin says what up <laughs> uh, he's got these scra- She's got these scratch marks on her back uh, She wants to take care of them uh, And then... Then she ends up hooking up with Harvey because Roz is sick. They do a little Romeo and Juliet together. And as things are wanted to do, they get a little out of control. Yeah. And I don't know know if I've I've said this, but uh, I am a classically trained actor. And I just got to say, uh, Shakespeare is the ultimate aphrodisiac. And it was just inevitable that you put these two young lovers together. I would... I would like to point out that Sabrina was doing lines with Nick Scratch, felt nothing, felt queasy, had to leave. But then when she was around Harvey, couldn't control herself, and then they started going at it hot and heavy. Okay, I'll see you in five minutes when we talk about the big performance at the the witch school. Okay, Pete? I'll see you in five minutes. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure, sure. I'll just mention, I don't know what you guys did, but my signature move in high school, to your point, Justin, uh, was to pull out a Shakespearean monologue. I'd usually do a little bit of Caliban from The Tempest. Oh, definitely the most romantic role of them all. Yeah. He's uh, a girls, he's a monster. It, a literal it, monster. It never worked. It never worked. But uh, I still have hope. Yeah. Yeah, you still have hope. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. You're well, married. You know, in a further, in a later episode of this podcast, no, no, we should we'll see. I'll try it later tonight. We should each bring a monologue <laughs> so we can really uh, truly perform. Yeah. Pete, you could do something from Toppy Boy. 
that that was my move. Is I would just put on Tommy Boy, and if they laughed, that was my sign that she was into. Pete, I hate to tell you, but that's still your move. Yeah, still works. Still works. It works on the monk. And nobody and else. Now, just, to, just to be clear, when you say uh, put on Tommy Boy, it's always playing, though, in your house, right? Yeah, yeah. I just turn on the TV. <laughs> nice. Oh, it's All playing right. with the TV off. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, now, Harvey and Sabrina hooking up. Even when they're hooking up, I got to say, not feeling a lot of chemistry between these two. What are two. you talking about? There was chemistry all over the place. They couldn't keep their hands off each other. Alex, what do you think? Uh, no, I, I think there was a little bit of chemistry. I was mainly distracted by how ripped Harvey was. I, I don't know if we've seen him with his shirt off before. And that guy, he's been working in the mines, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Pete, uh, or not Pete, uh, Harvey's devil marks are just like an eight, an eight pack. Yeah, Harvey's devil marks are recycled from the bear marks Archie has on Riverdale. They like brought them from one set to the other. That's nice. what I call budgets. You got to manage that budget. Yeah, that dude is ripped. So they are, they're, <laughs> get, wow, good. They're getting after it, and uh, the witching stuff gets in between them yet again. They have a pretty serious fight, and say, both of them, with both of them saying, this is never going to happen again, which to, I like that. Harvey was right, okay? He's, you can't just, you know, go back and forth, turn him on, turn him off. He's not just some robot, all right? She, Except for most of the time, he is like a robot. He was pretty sassy this episode. Though. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was throwing. He's down not jokes a robot when he's with Roz. Yeah, when uh, when Sabrina talks to Roz and Harvey, and she's like, "Oh, you're doing a play? What is it?" And he's like, "Yeah, The Crucible." Yeah, and she's like, "Is that a joke?" And he's like, "Kind of." Yeah, that was kind of not. Of, yeah. yeah, that was great. I, I like seeing him be a little, have a little bit of that old Nick bad Scratch boy. hard age. Yeah, a little bad boy. No, that's not yeah. the Nick Scratch. Harvey is the new bad boy. No, Harvey is <laughs> definitely not a bad boy. <laughs> wow, um, but I agree happen. with you. I feel like when I see um, Harvey and Roz, Rozzy on camera together, they're the ones that feel like they've got a real relation. They do have chemistry, but I think what we're going to see in the arc in the second part is this is the fight that really permanently blows Harvey and Sabrina apart, blows Harvey, uh, Harvey into the arms of Roz and Sabrina into the arms of Nick Scratch, but that ultimately, by the end of the second part, we'll see them back together. That's my guess right now. Sabrina cannot go too long without Harvey. Sure. That's what I just said. Right. I'm yeah. agreeing with you. Uh, okay. That's even if that happens, which may be fine, it's still wrong. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Salem is sick, Salem the cat, um, and Sabrina's upset. And the devil's like, "Hey, hey, can you um, burn down a building? Do do this other <laughs> an thing." Empty one. Yeah, it, don't worry, it's an empty building. It's just your high school. <laughs> <laughs> I love how uh, quickly that escalated. That his first request was steal some gum, and his second request was burn down your high school. Yeah, no, I went steal gum, murder Dorcas. Yeah, then burn the high school. Uh, that wasn't a request so much as a suggestion. I felt like that's nice. I mean, that's true. I guess that was like a whisper. Well, that's the thing is yeah. the de- the devil feels pretty casual about his demands. It's like. Mm-hmm. He's out of nowhere. He's like, hey, burn down a building. Hey, could you grab grab me um, a Snickers when you go to the store? I'm just jonesing. Like, hey, can you give me some Code Red Mountain Dew? It's, 
And I understand the point is they're just trying to wear away at Sabrina, right? Like they're trying to lead her down this path of night. But then you hear from Ambrose, Sabrina talks to him and says, the Dark Lord made a request of you, right? And he doesn't tell the whole story, but he does explain that he had somebody who had a crush on him. He never consummated that crush. And then years later, when that man had a family, he wrote him a very short note. It doesn't disclose what's in that note, but it clearly seems that to me is very much more Lucifer. That's more yeah. temptation of Ambrose twisting the knife. To, exactly. That's uh, the... And leading to something that potentially like we don't know who that guy is, but maybe he was a senator. Maybe he was something else, you know, sort of bigger fish than steal me gun or burn down your high school. Neither of which necessarily seem to matter. Yeah. And just to point out quickly, Pete is correct. Mountain Dew Code Red is the devil's beverage of choice. (laughs) Uh, But to that, we hear a lot of stories about um, the things the devil has asked other witches and warlocks to do. And it makes him seem like a real dick, which I thought was everyone seems like sort of sad and regretful about the fact that they uh, did the devil's bidding. What do you think the chances are? I don't think this theory is correct at all. But what do you think the chances are that isn't actually Lucifer? Like, what if it's just some dick who's pretending to be Lucifer and making people be assholes and steal gum and burn down high schools and stuff? Like, he's basically just a rogue teen with a goat face versus the actual Lucifer. Yeah, I mean, he definitely feels like Lucifer's cousin or Lucifer's son. And Lucifer's like, hey, I'm busy. Would you mind running Greendale for me? And he's like, got it. Horsehead, goat face. Hooves, I'm going to I'm going to make them burn stuff down. Yeah, Uh, I mean, again, it's probably not true. It probably actually is Lucifer, particularly because there's no reason for Lilith to be tricked by anything like that. But just the way that he's acting is it's real rude. You know, it's it's a rude devil. Very. He's a rude dude. And he's got some real attitude. Uh, so the, <laughs> the devil, uh, so Sabrina goes to the school. She's pouring gas. And right in the middle, right, she's got the match lit. She's about to drop it, burning the school down. The devil's like, no, no, it's cool. Gas was solid enough. That's good. Yeah. That's pretty good. And then he's good. like, and, oh, make sure you mop this up so no one accidentally smokes a cigarette and walks around here. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Gasoline actually evaporates pretty quickly, so it wouldn't be too much of an issue. Bigger issue was that she was starting off by trying to burn the uh, stone floor, which really didn't seem like it was going to do a whole lot, to be frank. Right. Um, so Sabrina feels, I feel like she does what she needed to do. Her scratches go away. Then she gets to play Lilith opposite Nick Scratch, the best actor of his generation. We get a great use. Whoever does the dramaturgy in this production, great use of red silk. Love it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. The As wings the wings are torn off. off. Very yeah, good. That was mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a solid kiss between Nick and Sabrina. Scratchman is strong. I was surprised we didn't see more follow up about that. Like, I knew well, it was a stage kiss. It was just a stage kiss, guys. So don't no, read into that anything. Was, that just was hot. Just stage kiss. Nope. was hot. Nope. Now, what did you think of that play? Because clearly the audience was loving it. Uh, how, how did you feel? I mean, Justin, you, you've you done the theater a lot. Yes. Um, is that the sort of thing that you would go see on Broadway or off-Broadway or at a regional production or summer stock? It seems like a lovely piece with maybe some third-act problems. Uh, That play was terrible Yeah, you don't see a lot of the action Maybe there were some scenes that we didn't quite catch Some subtle themes Maybe there were some lighting choices that we weren't uh, fully aware of (laughs) 
I definitely didn't like watching Sabrina bow down like that. I thought that was. Yes. Well, uh, listen, I mean, I'm not saying I don't think it was purposely supposed to be this amazing play or anything like that. But it was just so funny to me that at the beginning and end of every scene, there was uproarious applause for Mm -hmm. scenes that were mostly nothing. Um, But what they were really to do beyond leading Nick and Sabrina down this path to ultimately kissing was to give us the emotional journey of Miss Wardwell. And she's hiding in the back of the theater, watching the whole thing and sobbing and crying. Yeah, she was really moved by this performance. Well, but I think she realizes what she lost, what she gave up. That's what she sees on display on stage is that she had a life. She had her own wants and needs, but also beyond that, there were things that she was promised. She was told that Lucifer would love her and only her. She was told that she would have power and sit by his side. And all of that is being taken away from her. And even if she's the villain of the piece, the way that Michelle Gomez plays it, it's very sad and it's very well done. Yeah. I mean, it's got, it's also emotional for her to just be in the audience while she sees herself portrayed on stage. Like, I know for a long time I watched the original Justin perform on Comic Book Club before <laughs> I took over the role, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that was weird. But I, I, you know, so I've been in those shoes before. Yeah, Pete. Wow. Do you know you you keep up with that guy? What is he doing now? What is he up to now? Uh, he's doing a lot of uh, G- Jesus Christ Superstar uh, regional theater. The, yeah, the original yeah. Justin just, was fine, but he wasn't like a great. Actor, he wasn't classically trained. Didn't he? He just did that movie that everybody was talking about with Lady Gaga, the Star Is Born one. Yeah, he was the other guy, the one with the beard. I'm forgetting <laughs> what his name is because it's been a while. Uh, but yeah, he seems to be doing okay. Yeah, I mean, he's fine. He's like medium successful, but like I've really been focusing on the role of Justin on Comic Book Club. It's been my focus. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's this, tough. Big shoes to fill. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Peter. So the also we had a new relationship. We had Prudence and uh, a cousin there, Ambrose. Uh, Ambrose. Ambrose. Yeah. So the yeah. after party is at Dorian Gray's club, which again uh, only for gentlemen, except for this cast party when anybody can come in, and it's fine. Makes sense. And Prudence and Ambrose wander off. Did Ambrose and Luke break up? I, I missed that. Uh, I don't think so. Um, okay. But Ambrose says that he um, he does whatever he wants, basically. So, yeah, it's on. There you go. This isn't the first time, though. They did have that sex pile in the first part. Oh, yeah. The the old sex pile. I mean, when you get it for when sex becomes a pile, there are no rules. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I love that shirt. That you made. Yeah. Yeah. Well, check it out <laughs> on the sex. comic book club. <laughs> comic book club. When uh, sex becomes a pile, there are no rules. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, co-ed naked sex club. Oh, wow. Great oh, uh, 90s. <laughs> great 90s ref. Um, uh, and uh, Dorian Gray comes over and gives them some free drinks, courtesy of the Dark Lord, to Nick and Sabrina, which is very nice. He also establishes, he's like, well, I have my own marks, which is a painting, which, just in case you didn't get that he was... Dorian Gray Dorian for the Gray. portrait he of spells Gray. You, spells it he out. spells it out for you. He spellmans it out for you. Hey. How do you think the Dark Lord orders the drinks? Does he whisper them into Dorian's head? Uh, yeah. No, I think he goes up to the bar and he kind of stands there and he's like, "Hey, can you? Uh, oh, hey, can you just? Uh, oh, God, uh, excuse me, a, excuse me. I know you're busy, but oh, uh, crowd a bar, crowd a bar. Uh, is it cash only? Because I do. I would like to actually put my card down, but 
Oh, oh no, I can't. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'll pay. I'll pay cash. No problem. Yeah. Uh, by the way, did you guys notice uh, the weird way Sabrina picked out her drink? Yeah, she took the opposite one. That, that was bothered me. To... I don't know why that bothered me so well, much. I, but it really I think was it was like... smart because what if the Dark Lord's trying to kind of poison one of them? You know, sure. I thought it was Princess Bride All type right. of situation. All right. Nice. But in that case, both of them were poisoned. Spoiler oh, for Princess Bride. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, just to finish up, the Madam Satan is um, had lost the wager with the with the devil, so she has to give him a hoof massage. Yeah, pedicure. Uh, been there. Um, she gets her raven back, though her familiar, which is exciting for her. It was so nice of the Dark Lord to do that for. Her. Yeah, you know yeah, he's good. Do well, you like him? It was now? such a nice thing to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a Dark Lord, but he can still be a ray of sunshine every now and again. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's a Dark Lord, but a nice Lord. He's a bad oh, boy. boy. And we all know bad boys are pretty nice. He does not wear a leather jacket, so I yes, but he has sort episode. of a he's sort of a furry coating, which is like leather. Pete, no response. Yeah, I I, mean, I disagree with you completely. Well, I, I you said you said something like leather. You said something. Yeah. And I responded, and I was I guess I just won that battle. Yeah, yeah, definitely did. Uh, what, what else do we need to talk about in the episode? Uh, we should probably mention that Sabrina goes back to Cerebus books. Uh, she, was this earlier in the episode or is the end of the episode? The end end. of the episode. Uh, she encounters Harvey and Harvey once again is reading after afterlife with Archie, which is the zombie Archie title. So Archie comics exist in the world of Sabrina. It's pretty crazy. Pretty it's pretty crazy that there is a comic book series about a guy who lives two towns over. Well, there's a comic book series about a guy who lives two towns over. Also, Afterlife with Archie, if I remember correctly, Sabrina appears in. So Harvey's going to be real surprised when he gets to that page. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to roll his eyes and be like, which? Yeah. yeah. Also, <laughs> there was that part where Sabrina couldn't keep her shit together because they were all in the restaurant and she was just staring at Harvey. You know, Billy's like, hey, you want to run some lines over here? And she couldn't keep her shit together just because Harvey and Roz were getting hot and heavy. Yeah, and she broke that milkshake, which, Pete, as we talked about at the beginning, we're going to loop yeah. back to. How did that make you feel? Did it Was it the right thing to do? Was it the right way to break a milkshake? You're the expert here. Right. So, I mean, you've heard the saying that, you know, her milkshakes bring the boys to the yard. But if you're going to be breaking milkshakes, no boys are going to be coming to your yard. So she's really got to work on that a little bit. That's why you bring in an expert. <laughs> uh, and the very last moment, uh, Sabrina goes over and picks up a pack of gum to steal, or perhaps not, real cliffhanger ending. <laughs> what yeah, do you mean? No, she stole it. What do you mean? We, didn't, we don't know not. if she stole it. We she could have walked to no. the counter to pay for it. No, no, she stole it. Well, that was that I, whole smile. I hope, I really, really hope we pick up at exactly that moment next episode because they're <laughs> going to be super bummed if there's any sort of time skip. Like, yeah. We got to find out. We got to find out. Did she steal it? Did she end up paying for it? What's going on there? Please Guys. weigh in. Listeners, weigh in. Hashtag Gumbrina. What happened with the gum? We have to know. It's like the yeah, end of I, it's like the end of moment or the, it's and like just the to end mention, of this is the last episode of our podcast, so we're not going to watch any episodes beyond this. We're not going to watch the third episode or anything. So just let us know through Twitter. That would be great. Yeah. I think Alex, what's going to happen is it's the next episode is going to start with them looking at security footage and being like, "Oh, she stole it." 
probably. Have you guys ever stolen gum? No. I don't like gum. Oh. What? I stole, I stole gum once. Really? Yeah. When I was a kid, I really wanted a pack of gum, and my parents would have buy it for me, and wow. I snuck it out of my hand. Uh-oh, bad boy alert. Yep. <laughs> Did you get in trouble? Did you get busted? Uh, not, no, not that time. Wow. <laughs> wow. Really opening yeah. up a can of worms with Alex's kleptomania. Or a I, pack of gum, if you will. Yes. Yeah, you... I wasn't... Go ahead, Pete. I'm, I wasn't allowed in tops for a really long time because uh, I stole a bunch of gummy bears. Wow. Oh. What? So do you Wait, guys both... Just like it... In your head, did you just grab out of like the pick-a-bix, or what did you do? Yeah, I was wow. filling up a bunch of bags of, bags from the you know like at tops they had these giant barrels and you could open it up and like you know put them in a bag as much as you want. And then I took all those bags and put it in a duffel bag I was carrying and tried to walk out. Oh my god, Jesus! You're the it's like the it's like heat for gummy bears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, guys, uh, beyond the other thing that we just talked about, definitely tweet us and let us know your biggest crimes <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> yes. Anybody out there, uh, any, uh, anybody in the Trump administration, <laughs> please oh, tweet man. us with your biggest crimes. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, which witch reigns supreme this episode for you? Pete, we'll start with you. Which witch reigns supreme? Uh, Hil- Hilda. Auntie Hilda. Well, she was barely really? in the episode. Yeah. Dude, she saved Sabrina's life, okay? Wow. Nick Scratch brought her back to the house. She was choking. She could have died. Oh, that's right. Saved her life. Uh, and she's always looking out for Sabrina, even though Sabrina sometimes doesn't deserve it. Wow. Uh, uh, I'll throw out uh, Miss Wardwell, I think. This episode, I, I just really liked her emotional arc, like we talked about. Um, I liked what she was doing. I liked this new focus on her character and delving into it. I thought that was pretty cool. But soft, what light through yonder window breaks. Oh, Tis God. the East, and Nick Scratch is the best witch of them all. He dominates this episode. He saves Sabrina's life. He has a perfect... Turn. Like a nice gentleman, he saves her life. Exactly, because like I said, he's the baddest boy of them all. Uh, great performance. Nick Scratch for life. <laughs> all right, a couple of things before we go. First of all, this is not the last episode of our Sabrina podcast. We will uh, be recapping the rest of them. What? Uh, no, I, I didn't like want it. people to be like, oh, God, there's no more because there's way too many more. Uh, also, if you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. As mentioned, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. So come on by and we'll chat with you about spooky witches and things. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live and at Riverdale Dark. Yeah, and also on Instagram, at Riverdale After. We'll probably put up some Sabrina stuff on there as well. We'll see what happens. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Uh, And we'll see you at the Witching Hour. Good night, good luck, good evening.
This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.